This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Mug Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mug Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only, on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And good evening uh, to everyone, everyone who's already here, everyone listening and tuning on YouTube, watching it live or watching it after. Or alternatively, if you're listening to it on the uh, on the podcast as well, welcome and I hope you enjoy tonight's show. Um, it is actually, would you believe, episode 38, a 38 game season. And we're joined tonight uh, by my co-host, uh, Manny Kang. Hi, Manny. Hi, how is everybody out there? Lots to talk about. Hey, Dave. <laughs> Loads to talk about. Uh, Amy Hadley. Hello, everyone. Nice to see you all. And, of course, our special guest um, and friend of the show, respected uh, Wolves journalist. Um, lots of knowledge about Wolves. There's a, lots of uh, interesting reports and breaking news. Uh, Mr. Tim Nash. How are you, Tim? Very well. Thanks, Dave. Delighted to be on the show again. Uh, thanks for inviting me. Always a pleasure. Thank you. You're welcome. And first of other thing as well, we do need to wish you a very big happy 50th birthday for yesterday. And I believe you've got a special gift. Yes. Happy birthday, Tim. Indeed, yeah. Well, I thought I'd, uh, I'd bring it along. Um, I'm not normally one to show my allegiances, but um, I think people probably know by now I, I was... You know, I'm a Wolves fan, and uh, this was uh, brought by my um, work colleagues. So uh, it's been a bit of a giveaway of how old I am as well. If um, <laughs> I uh, yeah, if you're uh, listening on the uh, listening on the podcast, bit of a, bit of a milestone. So, um, so there, there we go. Timmy's um, holding up a, a Wolves shirt with uh, the number fifty on the back and Nash in writing on the back. Absolutely fantastic. <laughs> I hope you had a lovely day. Uh, we're just getting some comments already coming through. Robert Fletcher, evening, Dave, Manny, Amy, and welcome to Tim. Boff says happy birthday to you as well, oh, Tim. Thank you very much. <laughs> so it's going to be an interesting one tonight because we're going to do a little bit of a look back and a season review, which we have to do as it's the end of the season. But also we've got lots to talk about because 
You know, Wolves have announced the uh, the new shirt deal uh, with Cash Dora. We've had the Ask Wolves uh, and Ask Jeff with all the senior management. Um, obviously, there's lots of speculation and uncertainty at the moment with, obviously, Nuno now departing and being linked, would you believe, with the likes of Crystal Palace and Everton. And, of course, we've got the new manager stroke head coach yet to be announced. The hot, hot favourite, of course, is Bruno Larger, um, another Portuguese manager. been waiting for his work permit. We think that's uh, been announced, and we'll get on to that. And, of course, we need to talk also about the potential outgoings. There's lots of speculation surrounding the likes of Adama Traore, Neves, Rui Patricio, Matinho and the likes going out. But also be interesting to see, as well as we get to that, if Tim has any insight on potential signings coming in. So listen, let's start off and we'll go we'll go with you um first, Tim, just uh, to get your quick thoughts on uh, obviously Nuno leaving and how you got to hear first and what your your thoughts on that. Um well, well first of all I'd, I'd I'd like to say that uh I was very sad to, to see him go and that um it was a uh, it hit me like a like the bombshell, like it, it did everybody else. Um, it, it was a shock. Um, you know, there was no inkling whatsoever in, in the lead up to it. Um, he'd, he'd held his press conference, uh, but unlike Nuno, he'd, he'd had it half an hour earlier. He's been like clockwork for, for virtually the whole of the four years that he's been there. Always one o'clock on a Friday, and uh, this one was half past half past twelve. I, I still don't know if that was. Uh, Coincidence, sorry, or, or not, because uh, pretty soon after he'd finished his press conference, by about five past ten past one, wind forward about, um, get my mask right, about 50 minutes. So by about ten to two, we'd had the, uh, the bombshell from the club, the announcement that he was uh, that he was leaving and um, no, no reasons given, you know, at that point. But um, after a lot of, uh, a lot of, phone calls i managed to find out that indeed he was he was sacked and um and i know fans probably were just as in much as much disbelief as i was really but um especially when you consider that uh he'd been sacked five days before so before the everton game um i think that was the the biggest news to to, to come out of the initial uh announcement um and you know, for Wolves to to have done that to a manager who has a, an even better win record than, than Stan Cullis, I think, um, says a lot for how ruthless uh, Fosun can be um, w w <clears throat> when they want to be. It, it doesn't appear that uh, you know he's um, the huge previous success that he brought to the club has, has perhaps been. Um, I don't know if you'd say honoured, perhaps, uh, by the decision that that, that they made, uh, that it, it does appear to be a bit premature. Well, he only signed um, a new contract back in September, didn't he, as well? Correct, yeah, he did, he did. Uh, and he's, he has always talked about the future and, and that it was a long-term project. Um, and, I, you know, I think, well, I know that he had plans to bring in players this summer. Um, he, um, you know, was talking about targets and even on the day of his departure, he, um, in fact, the 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 key line to have come out of his press conference, his pre-match uh, press conference, was in fact that um, you know talks were were very much ongoing with Adama Traore again to to restart 
those discussions and um, hopefully with a view to, to seeing him extend his stay at Wolves. So, um, uh, yeah, it was it was a it was a big shock, and uh, you know I'd, I'd like to kind of formally place on on record the my appreciation for him. You know the football that uh, and the success he brought was unparalleled in in my forty years uh, forty odd years of watching Wolves. So um, uh, got huge respect for for him as a coach and the way he improved players, um, his choice of players, the signings he made, um, and uh, you know Wolves is certainly a better. Are certainly better off for for the last four years that that he's um you know that that he's that that he's given that he's given the club um and uh, you know maybe more might come out in the fullness of time but uh, uh, but certainly yeah to, to think that he was he was dismissed uh, I think certainly shows um you know Tim uh, Tim was he was he definitely sacked then in your opinion he was definitely sacked he didn't walk right. away after there's been lots of speculation. Amongst fans, you know, prominent fans as well, who think that there was some sort of falling out in January over signings, maybe, and the relationship grew apart. Was it based purely on results, or was there something deeper? Or, you know, um, well, he was certainly sacked. That, that's that's my um, that's you know, I'm unequivocal about that uh, from from top sources. So that's um, you know, he, he wouldn't have chosen to to leave. Um, I, I'm convinced of that. Um, you know, he, he wanted to stay as Wolves manager, so so the decision was taken by by the club or by Fosun. Um and uh, so so yeah. Um, whether what what I I don't I'm not 100 about is whether there was any falling out as, as to transfer budget. Um, yeah. You know, clearly the squad needs work. You know, it it, it had stalled this season. I think um, you know. Obviously, there's been so much said about the loss of uh, Raúl Jiménez, but um, and also the injuries to Pedro Neto and stuff as well. But uh, I think um, they, you know, it was it was clear that that investment needs to be made in the squad. And 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 um, what I don't know is you know just how forthcoming that investment was going to be. You know, this this summer, um, you know, Foson have always supported the managers. You know, I've, I've seen some. Quite frankly, ridiculous comments from from some fans, you know, doubting Foson's commitment. And um, but if you look, what they've done is, is time and time again. I think it's seven or is it eight times now they've smashed the club's transfer record. That they they've invested more in Wolves than, than any other owner has. Um, they've just smashed it out of the park. So you know, I don't see how their commitment, their financial commitment, could be questioned at all. And you know what, um, Tim? It, you know, although it's come as a shock, because I think whether you were uh, people, obviously there was a certain section of the vocal fan base that wanted Nuno out, or whether you believed that he should have been given the time, it's happened, hasn't it? And one thing you can say about Fosun, since they've come in, they have done exactly what they said they're going to do. They've got this plan. You know, they've invested, like you say, in the team, not just in the team, but in the infrastructure um, around Molyneux and the, uh, the ground and the training facilities and all that. And each year, you know, they're trying to push us on. So you have to sort of like take it and go, that's done. I've gone through the sort of like the grief phase to the angry phase to the acceptance phase of it now. And you have to go, okay, well, they must have a plan. Let's hope that it works out going forward. And you've got to stick behind the owners 
you can't. I do worry that if it does start bad next, the start of next season, you know what uh, things how things can get out of hand very, very quickly. It'll come back and bite them, as someone said earlier. But you've got to trust in the process now that made the decision, haven't you? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, this is now a time of um, you know the, the, the pressure is on is on Jeff Shee and is on foes, and you know the spotlight turns very sharply onto them, or you know has done ever since. Um, you know, their, their decision to remove Nuno. So, um, you know, if everybody, uh, you know, is, is seeing what the, the next move is going to be, it, it does uh, appear as if uh, Bruno uh, Larger, I think that's correcting my pronunciation there, uh, will be installed as, as Wolves' next manager, as Nuno's successor. Uh, he has been granted um, a work permit. So, uh, um, and you know, I, don't, I, you know, I don't profess to know too much about him, but like everybody else, I've, I've uh, I've looked and I've it doesn't surprise me the direction that, that, that they've gone in at all. Um, you know, I'm talking as if he has been appointed now, but let, let's assume it is going to be him because there doesn't appear to be anybody else in the frame. And uh, I, <coughs> I do think it is going to be. It does appear to be uh, that it is going to be uh, Bruno. Um, it's certainly one that uh, the fans don't have to adjust the Nuno songs uh, too much. <laughs> That's so, fine. Someone did say that to me actually. He's just straight the, the lyrics uh, for those songs. We'll, 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 we'll come on to talk a bit more about Bruno Larger or however we pronounce him. I'm sure that he'll put it right when he eventually turns up um, because we do want to spend some time looking at what's going to happen next. But Amy, let me come to you uh, next. Obviously, Nuno's gone. The season has just gone. I mean, do you want to give us your sort of highlights from the season and also your best memories of Nuno from your perspective and uh, the Nuno era? Um, absolutely. I mean, highlights of the season for me is that it's over, um, to, to be straight to the point. I don't think um, it's a season that we'd probably for use of a best phrase, like to forget, but I don't necessarily think it's as big as a disaster as everyone makes out it to be. I think when we've spoken about these extra time shows, I think given the the hands that they've been dealt with the injuries and obviously the repercussions of such a long season previously really kind of bit them where it hurt. Um, so I don't think a 13th place finish, considering all that comfortably safe, was necessarily a bad season. I think fans obviously expected um, a lot more. Um, I think that's where the frustrations from some of the people that were claiming Nuno out comes from. Um, but for me, even though I was glad to see it be over, it um, wasn't necessarily as bad as everyone says it was, which is a bit of a contradictory statement. However, um, I just think that it was just quite a hard watch. The style of play didn't seem as to where it was last season the lack of goals and it was just quite it was just quite difficult to to watch as a fans. Um I think for me the highlights there was I mean there was some really good moments, wasn't there? I think the win at home against Chelsea was really good. I think that was a turning point and also the the Arsenal game at home when they went on a, a really um considerable run following a really disappointing, really hard to watch January um was was good to see. And um, I think this saw some fighting spirit and probably saw quite a good team spirit more so than even when they were winning is the fact that, you know, it was backs up against the wall. So I think it was really nice to see. And I think the leadership skills, especially of Connor Cody and I think Nevers as well, really came out. Um, hello, Blossom. 
Um, God, she's here. What were your favourite parts? <laughs> my um, <laughs> my least favourite moment was losing against the Albion at home. I think um, I'd waited for that game for a long time and I think I put too much emotion into it and I was actually really upset when they lost against the Albion. Um, it's hard. To, looking back now, it seems quite ridiculous, but I think it was the time when we went into lockdown um, for the however many time it was, the third time, and then 10 days later thinking this could be something that could give you quite a lot of joy. Um, and then to lose in that way, the players didn't look like they could be bothered at all. And I think that's that was a really hard watch, that was. It was really, really hard. Um, and then I just after that moment, I was just like, let's just get this season done. Um, I've always been a very big Nuno supporter. I think everyone that watches this channel knows that. And I do think it's a mistake. I really do. Um, and I just hope that I'm proven wrong because... You know, these talks of him joining Everton, Palace, and I say, you know, fair play. He didn't want to leave Wolves. Some people are saying he can't go to Newcastle. And I'm like, well, if you were pushed and you want to carry on working in the Premier League, then go on. You know, you've got my blood blessing. I'll be there clapping him if he does come back next year as a manager in a different club because he's not done a lot for Wolves, but he's done a lot for the city as well. And I don't think, I think Wolverhampton in itself is definitely a better place for him being around for four years. So, I think, you know, like if he watches this, like to say thank you. I don't think he will, but, you know, there we go. Um, so on to my... Uh, Jeff Shee will watch this. <laughs> you'd be surprised, Hank. You'd be surprised, Amy, who watches the channel. I'll tell you what I've heard in the last couple of Jeff days. Jeff will watch it. Yeah, Jeff will watch uh, it. <laughs> so I think my answer to that, a bit more positive. My favourite Nuno moment. Oh, God, I don't even know. Where do we even start? What a glorious, glorious um, four years it was. Um I think there's there's probably two. I think in the championship, the game against Bristol, when he got banished up into the um, the exec box, or and then they scored the winner, and just you saw the like you thought, yes, like he wants this as much as the fans do, and I think to see that passion from a manager, like he just seemed like it meant as much to him as it meant to, did to us and I think that's something really special and really something new, unique like he was he was just human wasn't he and I think you know there's a lot about emotional leaders and how to how to use emotion in a good way to lead us and I think he just epitomizes that for me is that he just understood everything that he was doing so I think that was the first one and then the second one for me was just the FA Cup getting to the FA Cup semi-final um up until the 93.5 minutes um was just unbelievable like that day me and my dad when Wembley got um redone when they knocked it down and built it again we said that we weren't going to attend an event an England game or anything at Wembley until Wolves got there so the fact that he got us there and we got to go together and with my sister as well was just like a dream come true almost it was just a shame that that happened but up until the 93rd minute was just the best day <laughs> Absolutely. Well, i think you've summed it up really well there i mean a lot of the things that you said uh manny i'm sure you've yep. got a really interesting take on all of that from your you know what I, i'm just gonna uh, tim and amy have just talked about nuno's glory and there was a lot of glory there and and you know i, I said to somebody even if he 
if he didn't manage the football club, I would have kept him in Wolverhampton and gave him the mayor of the town or something because he's just a, an excellent human he's being. Got a, he's got something from the uni. Got he's got a doctorate, isn't yeah. it, honorary degree or something. But the thing is, he was an exceptional human being. His words were quite um, far-reaching to people who even didn't follow football. So we're, we're going to miss that. But I'm going to have the alternative view of what Tim said. And it is a ruthless business, football. Nuno's been there four years. Four years for a manager these days. I think Watford have had that, that seven managers in four years. You know? well, weird how many was it in one season? How was many? it three or four? Or? <laughs> when, when I look at it, facts and figures, yes, we had the big injury of Raul. Did we really replace him? Um, before the season started, we knew we needed that second striker. No, we really didn't. We had a young guy who was thrust into the limelight ahead of his time. Um, we scored 35 goals in the season. Only three clubs scored less. We didn't score in 29 of 38 first half games. They're quite shocking statistics if you look at the alternative view of what where the season went. So if you put them down on table, you know, our top scorer scored five. Was the last time, was the 40s or the 50s? We had a top scorer of five. So these are pretty damning statistics if you're looking at the graphs and the charts of um, how we did this season. And so in a boardroom, it's quite easy to point out some of the failures and we need to play more attacking football. You win matches by scoring goals. Wolves didn't score goals. Defensively, a lot of fans keep going on about defence and we need to improve defence. Our defence wasn't the, in the bottom three or bottom four. It was because we don't score. If you concede, it means you lose. So if you've scored a couple of goals, even if you have made the shocking mistake, you've generally probably draw or win a match. So looking at it from that perspective, um, I think that's probably the reason why the change was made, that we just didn't look like scoring goals in many matches, um, not just down to roll. But Nuno was a legend and I would have given him the summer to put things right and absolutely tried to given the opportunity here that, you know, he didn't really have the pre-season last year. But they've made the decision. So now they've made the decision. We've got to move on and we've got to give our full backing to Fosun because they haven't done anything too wrong so far. But now this is their big test. This is the first little bit of a rocky, rocky road for them in a way. You know, at the start, they made a couple of shockers, but they were finding their feet. So we forgive them. Um, so, you know, Nuno's highlights, lots of them. Um, she's uh, Amy's named some of the really good ones. But the European away days, he took us to Europe. Nuno did, you know. So I'll never forget uh, Barcelona, Istanbul, going to places like this. Seems like a world away right now. Um, and I hope, yeah, he will get a good reception if he did come back as a as a manager for another club. And he deserves that for what he where he put us. We've got to move on. We've got to move on and we've got to score goals. I said that, I think, end of last season. Then I know we don't yeah. score enough and we scored 50-something last year. And this year we went to 35 from 50-something. That's not all down to roll. So that's that's where I think the, the ruthlessness comes from. And we only scored eight goals in the first half, didn't we? Some good points there. I'll give you mine in a, in a minute. I'll be uh, quite sure. But, Tim, you've got to know Nuno probably better than any of us because obviously you go to the press conferences and you probably see all the different sides. Sometimes I think he could be quite to the point and other times he could be quite laid back and jovial. 
you know, and the way dealt with. So it'd be quite interesting to see what your highlights of the Nuno era and what your take is of the uh, the whole season. Yeah. Yeah, I, I laughed to myself because uh, it probably wouldn't be um, many of his press conferences in terms of <clears throat> highlights after all. Um, yeah, he's a bit of a slow burner, Nuno was. And um I have to say, if you, if you spoke to anyone in the media, um, he, he was—he he could be a, um, a difficult, prickly character um, uh, through. To certainly, in his, in his first, you know, uh, in, in the championship era, where he was dismissive to the point of, uh, of being rude to certain journalists, um, which which I felt was was unfair. Um, thankfully, I you know I, I didn't. I think I've got away certain, lightly with that. Which, which certain journalists would they be? <laughs> well, I mean, at the time, there was um, quite in the championship era, there was, there was only probably um, Tim Spears and, and Mike Taylor. But I remember he was quite, he was not just dismissive, he, he was almost contemptuous of, of Mike. And, and Mike Taylor from uh, BBC Radio WN, if anyone knows him, he's, he's, he's the most kindest you know, courteous, um, friendliest guy that you could wish to know, and uh, and it was um, it was uncalled for, really. There was there was no no reason why Nuno needed to be like that, and I think um, as time went on, I think there was a theory that we felt because he'd managed in um, uh, you know bigger clubs at the time, or or, or to a um, he was used to speaking in front of more more journalists that he, he felt um, he, he wanted to play to the galleries of it. He wanted a bigger audience, which, which just wasn't there media-wise in the championship. Um, uh, he did get that in, in, you know, in the Premier League. Um, and at the time, I remember some of the national guys, the national reporters, talking about when he'd uh, um, done press conferences when, uh, for example, Porto or Valencia played Leicester. And how you know how brilliant he was, you know, talking for forty-five minutes. Um, and we used to think at the time, well, when are we going to see this side of Nuno? You know, uh, but gradually, uh, I would have to say, you know, he, he got better. Um, and when you consider, you know, it's easy maybe for us to be a bit dismissive of um, of, of, of people who. Um, you know, we, we don't know. We, we haven't walked a mile in their shoes. And let, let's not forget, you know, Nuno was speaking English as a second or third language. Um, I, I saw him flick from, you know, Portuguese to English to Spanish, speaking to European journalists, at, you know, at, at the click of a, 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 a you know, finger. And, uh, you know, let's not underestimate him. He's a he's deeply um, intelligent man um, uh, and who... Um, was actually ultimately actually showed a hugely compassionate side to him, and uh, for all the the um, the horrible kind of uh, things that COVID has brought, um, I'd have to say it brought out arguably the best, or certainly the most compassionate in Nuno Espirito Santo. Nuno to the media became a different person through COVID. Uh, I think he was, and I was told he was genuinely scared by COVID, you know, getting deliveries to his door. Uh, the, the Compton became a complete no-go zone. You know, let's not forget he set up, uh, didn't want the players going shopping for food um, or their families, you know, arranged for staff to go shopping for them. Um, he, he was, and, and obviously it didn't prevent certain players 
getting COVID. But as a character, but I think it changed him. Uh, I don't think it had any impact on him in terms of um, losing his job, but it changed his personality. He became a far. Uh, he, he just showed more of himself, and I think he he wanted that kind of two-way. Maybe he was lonely, you know, from just you know four walls, you know, speaking to uh, to his staff and not having that human interaction. But he became better for us as media. Became easier to deal with. He certainly, I mean, I keep coming back to the word, but he became much more compassionate than he'd ever been before. He, he was, he just got time for people, and um, uh, you know, I, I'll never forget the gesture he made. You know, paying two hundred and fifty thousand pounds to the the needy uh, people of Wolverhampton out of his own pocket. You know, I, I don't know. You know, I admire plenty of Wolves managers, but I don't know. And of course, you know, obviously he's, he's a very wealthy man and, and he's very well paid for, for what for what he did. But um, it still takes a lot to to have done what he did. And, and he was saying he wished he could have done more. Uh, and also little quotes like he said about um, uh, Black Lives Matter. He, he, um, he said uh, he wouldn't care if he was, you know, let's not forget he was the only the only yeah. um, uh, manager of, of um, ethnic minorities in, in the Premier League. And he said, if 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 he was the last person, not just manager, he was the last man to still take knee, he'd be there on his own doing it. Yeah. Um, so we saw um, a lot of evidence where I think he, he just showed himself to to think beyond the surface. Really, I think he was an intensely kind of deep thinker. I think he showed he, he cared about an easy thing to say. Um, it's not such an easy thing to do to, to really genuinely care about so many people. And I think he actually showed that um, from, you know, four years before when he might not have always looked as if he was the most compassionate person in the world, but certainly by the end of his time at Wolves, um, I, th I think there was a, a, a real, you know, compassion and, and, and warmth about him that uh, should never be forgotten in, in my opinion. I think you've hit the nail on the head there. And I think for a lot more, like you say, a lot more of the man and the person. And interesting, you you, you say about how scared he, he, he might have been and, and obviously detracted from it, away from his family for long periods. That's got to have a psychological uh, effect on anybody. And that must have had an impact uh, yeah. aside from the injuries on uh, on his role and in, and, in, and, and, in his, and in his job. For me, um, you know, a bit like all of us, I was sad, shocked when he went. I've accepted it now and I'm looking forward. And obviously the new guy who'll come in will get, every supporter should get behind him. But my memories, uh, highlights for me, um, aside from the ones that Amy's mentioned with the uh, the thing, get, running on the pitch at Cardiff, the two penalties, uh, with Neil Warnock running, you know, not shaking his hand and stuff like that. You'll never forget the, 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 again, the outpouring of emotion and joy and how much he was invested uh, in the team. But, uh, you know, coming back to the uh, the semi-final, um, yeah, it was, you know, great and he enjoyed that. But the, 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 the match that always sticks in my memory for the, the occasion, Saturday night, it was live on BBC One. You know, the whole nation was watching you know, we had gold flags that were going on in the stadium. That quarterfinal against Manchester United, <coughs> one of the best atmospheres. Yeah, it was. Yeah, that was unreal.
to a person, every man, boy, girl, child, whatever your generation, we were all united that night as one pack. Mm. And the we the whole stadium I mean, with the team, with the, the board, with it was just like that was where it all really clicked for me on that night of what we'd become. And yeah. you can never take that away. And the coming out of the stadium and knowing we're going to Wembley. My my dad's lifelong dream is to go to an FA Cup final and sing abide with me with me. And he's 83 and we did come within like 20 seconds of it happening. <laughs> but to go on the day then to go to Wembley and, and then like you say, the European trips, going to Istanbul. I, I spent five days there, you know, would never have gone to a place like that if it wasn't for going and watching the wolves and following and the whole Build up and the atmosphere around it, and the night, and then obviously the the, the winner. It was just fantastic, and we got Nuno to thank for all of that. Um, <clears throat> it hasn't worked out this year for whatever reason, you know. I think we'll all agree, and the majority of uh, people will agree that you know the injuries, the pandemic, you know, not being away from the families, and, and not being able to have a consistent team. But you can say he did stick by that small squad. And on the, we did say on this channel many, many, many times that if Raul ever got injured, if we ever got any injuries, we'd be in trouble. And he did kind of admit to that towards the end that he wanted a bigger squad. But, of course, we'll never know now what lessons he would have learned from this year. But I think the big thing that he said as well, when he came here, he didn't really know a lot about Wolverhampton. And you don't know who who or what you fall in love with. And he fell in love with the people, with the city, and he felt meant that much to him. Like you said, Tim, he gave that donation of two hundred and fifty thousand to the feed our pack campaign. And we will, like what Amy says, if, when he comes back to the stadium, whether he comes with a foreign team, whether he comes with Crystal Palace or Everton, I tell you what, every single person in that stand will give him a rapturous welcome and they will sing Nuno is a dream again for him because that will be the, the, the breadth of the man and the gratitude. So those are my uh, memories and we have to park it now. It's gone and say thank you. Um, Tim, in terms of like performances this season uh, from players or disappointments, we've had a, quite a few people that have obviously come into the, to the squad this year. Who's impressed you? Uh, this season that you might not have thought or, you know, in your particular player season. I think most people see that Pedro Neto's a breakthrough season. He's obviously got injured. But what have, what have you seen that's really impressed you from the players? Uh, I think um, I think Neto, uh, I, I'd, yeah, I, I agree with him being player of the season. I think he's, he's been the standout performer. It's such a shame that he got injured. I do think he's... You know, people forget because I've I've read a lot of uh, fans' comments. You know, kind of uh, bemoaning the the, the the loss of Diogo Jota. But people forget that for the second half of last season, Jota was um, whether he'd, he'd Liverpool had got in his ears, you know, his ear by then, uh, maybe they had. And um, Jota for me, you know, become a bit inconsistent. But Neto was keeping Jota out of the team, you know, for the second uh, uh, for quite a few games in the second half of last season because he was that that good and. Um, and I think Neto has kicked on, really kicked on this season. Uh, could have done with a few more goals, um, uh, like a lot of players could. 
but you know, five goals, five assists for you know in the first four seasons, not not bad going considering somebody who's uh, who's on a, I think just turned twenty one. Um, I'm sure you know a lot of clubs will be uh, you know looking at uh, him, um, but uh, for me, you know, he's uh, he's somebody who could uh, become a very uh, exciting player with with Wolves. Um, you know, this is somebody when when he signed for Wolves. Let's not forget, he said he wants to become the best player in the world, uh, and you know, he, he um, so he's clearly you know the, the sky's the limit in terms of this, this lad's ambition. Uh, so I think there's exciting times ahead for him. Um, we didn't see much of Coutinho for until you know, kind of um, the back end of the season. Uh, but I was very impressed with with Vitinha. I think he's uh, uh, if it was up to me, I'd probably sign sign him. You know, he's there for, available for twenty. He's, he's just he's just assisted another goal for Portugal tonight, and they've just made under twenty ones. Yeah, under twenty ones. They've made the final, and he and it is apparently a really good ball through. By him, so you know the talents there. Yeah, him. he's done that a few times, hasn't he, for them? And I think, um, you know, for, for, for me, he could be, you know, the, the successor to to Joe Martino. He's got that ability on the ball. He's got really good vision. Um, uh, I mean, it, yeah, the, it, you know, it wasn't the greatest season, and, and the uh, the highlights were were kind of few on the on 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 the ground, really. Um, you know, I. I wasn't. Uh, it took me a while to to be convinced, and the jury was still out for me a long time for a long time on Nelson Tomato. But I think towards the end of the season, I think he started to, to adapt to the Premier League and prove his worth. So I think you know, I'd like to see uh, more of him. Um, I'd love a Dharma Traore for everything to click for him to be more consistent. Um, you know, we see flashes of it at times, and uh, I do wonder, obviously, what's going to happen to him now because he, he was. I genuinely think that him and Nuno were, were, had a real bond and were very close together. Yeah. But I'd, I'd love um, for, to see, you know, Adama link up with Raul Jimenez again. I think they had a real chemistry, uh, and I think that was unplayable at times. You know, they they really have got something special to, together. So to see that forward line of uh, a Traore, Jimenez, and, and Neto uh, again, I think that could. Um, you know, strike fear throughout many uh, throughout the Premier League again. Um, so yeah, what about Fabio some... Silva? Um, Tim Fabio Silva got the same goals and assists as Diogo Jota last season in eleven starts. Well, I in... think Fabio Silva again. I mean, um, nobody expected. Although he he went straight into the first team squad rather than the under twenty threes, he. I don't think anybody expected him to have uh, to have had the game time that, that, that he has, and it's interesting that if you put his minutes against um, kind of any breakthrough eighteen-year-old, um, you know, it, it 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 does stand a very good comparison. I think he's in the, like the top ten or twelve in the Premier League of all time. For so personally, I think that's only a, a good thing. And, and while he did uh, have his um, challenges to start with, I think by the end of the season. Again, we saw a big improvement on, on him. I, I, and I thought some of the criticism of him was very unfair. You yeah. know, this is an 18-year-old coming to a you know new culture, new country, couldn't speak the language to start with, um, coming to a, you know, the toughest league, if not the best league, the toughest league, uh, yeah. the most competitive league in the world. And um, uh, with all the kind of the, the physicality of it as well, uh, and I, I, th I think he learned a hell of a lot, and um, and I think uh, you know could become a uh, a real asset for for Wolves going forwards. So um, 
yeah, I, I, you know, I think I, I think he needs uh, he needs more time. That's quite interesting. I mean, we might as well talk about um, right now whilst we're on the subject of the players, because Amy and Manny, I will want you to give me your uh, thoughts and players of the season as well. But um, Tim, in terms of like outgoings, uh, Triori's been linked. Uh, as an he with Chelsea recently. We've had Joe uh, Matinho linked with a move back to Porto. Um, you know, Neves has been here for four years. I mean, I'm still surprised we've still got Neves. He gets linked every year. Um, Rui Patricio linked with uh, Roma. And these links don't seem to be going away. Um, I mean... Obviously, with the manager going, and there was a big attachment, and hope, and it looks like they are bringing in another Portuguese manager, which might have a have an impact. But who do you expect that will go? I mean, you know, if you, you were to say now, who do you expect will go? Um, it's difficult to say, but I, I do understand the speculation, and I, I also think, um, and I, I think it's important for fans to understand it, you know, as well, because. Um, when a, a, you know a manager goes who had signed these players, um, and he clearly had a very close relationship with them, it's understandable that, that, that those players are going to be linked elsewhere. You know, they for all for all the, the um, that supporters would love uh, the Portuguese players to have this kind of lifelong affinity with, with Wolverhampton. Um, you know, with all due respect, they. they they probably hadn't heard of Wolverhampton, you know, before before landing up here, or, you know. So let's not be blinded by any any loyalties here. You know, they'll they're probably as uncertain as as the supporters are. Um, I, and I do understand, you know, um, someone like Jose Mourinho at Roma uh, uh, would. I can see the the attraction of a, of liking uh, a Patricio, you know, in goal. For me, Patricio is a world class goalkeeper. And I'd love him to, to stay at Wolves. Um, uh, whether you know, like like any of them, you know, whether they stay or go, um, that there are perennial players that are linked with moves away from Wolves, and I, and I think the two most obvious ones are Traore and, and Neves, um, because Traore, I think, will always have have that because he's just um, he's a unique player. You know, the, the fastest footballer in the world and, and such an exciting player is always going to. Um, be attractive to to other clubs because he's got something that um, you know if, if, if when he when he plays right you know he is unplayable. There's just no no denying it. So um, and managers will always fancy their chances of, of, of turning Traore into a world class player. So I totally understand that. Um, Neves one Neves been linked away. I think um, for me, the the one I'd always watch with, with Neves is Liverpool because his his uh, Jurgen Klopp's number two is was Neves's youth team coach at Porto. Uh, so there's, there's a you know a long term association there, um, and you know now that they've lost uh, Wijnaldum um, and they play with a three, you know I I, I uh, you know but as someone of Wolf's persuasion, of course I'd hate Neves to go, but. But uh, if he was going to go anywhere, I could I could understand why he'd be linked with, with Liverpool. Um, but I think we've got to watch. You know, there's a massive tournament about to start, and I think um, you know there's four Wolves players going as Portugal. You know, in, in the Portugal squad, um, and 
you know, it wouldn't surprise me if, if uh, they use that platform to um, to kind of put themselves on on you know use it you know in the best possible way. Um, and you know, someone someone like Neves um, for me could you know grab the tournament by the, the scruff of the neck, and and, and uh, he's got the the ability and I think the composure and the maturity now to um, to be a, a realistic target for some top clubs. Um, and, and that, you know, and I say that as somebody who would love him to stop at Wolves and, and achieve his, his potential at uh, at Wolves. If if he does, though, um, he would um, he would probably end up putting the price up a bit. So that would be the uh, the one bonus. The, the thing is, Dave, you, you know what? I was just going to say to Tim just to finish that off. Have, have teams in the Liga or Spain, even even Italy or even here, have they got the finances now? Are they prepared to put... Good point, good point. Because at the end of the day, we've we've talked about being creative. Adama Traore today said, this was in his Spanish press conference, said that they link your name with great teams. It's a joy for me, but I've not spoken with my agent. The most important thing is to recover. When the Euros ends, we will see what is real and what is not. So, you know, um, I, it, whatever... Neves might want to move. Triare want what? But if somebody hasn't got fifty or sixty million, mm. if Liverpool don't want to spend fifty or sixty million on Neves, then he's still our player till twenty twenty four. So there could be not as much movement as we probably think. Hopefully, yeah. yeah I think it's a very good point, Manny. Uh, I, I yeah. think um, COVID has changed the world and 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 the and and the football transfer market um, possibly for a good few years. Whereby certain clubs might not have the, the budget that um, that they previous previously did, and um, that that might work in Wolves' favour because um, you know I I, I don't think um, the two players that we've just been talking about, Traore and Nevers, I honestly don't think they'd be pushing for a move from from Wolves, no. um, especially Nevers. I, Nevers to me always seems uh, always has seemed very settled, but but of course. You know, we're, we're talking about somebody. We're talking about a club that was that was uh, had these players under Nuno. Now, Bruno Larger, assuming he gets the job uh, and he's appointed shortly, um, he might have his own ideas. You know, he might there could well be targets that he wants to bring in and to finance those deals. He might need to to, to sell uh, those players, and, and those two certainly at the moment would appear to be the most marketable. Um, don't so, forget Rafa Mir as well. With he's attracting quite a lot of bids, uh, interest. Although, like he's still a Wolves player, that they could raise yeah. revenue there as well. Amy, you were going to come in with a with a comment there. Um, just come in with what you were going to say. It's kind of on to the same point as Tim's. Is that I think that there's um, with COVID and clubs' finances, it's going to be a different transfer window then people are probably expecting I think there's quite a slow transfer window last summer because obviously the short season but I think this year you know clubs haven't had attendance gate attendances there are you know a lot struggling for finances in some instances so I think it's probably going to be a lot slower transfer window than people might expecting so there might need be the need to sell players we just don't know do you and I think on to the point of them being Nuno's players, that if he were to go somewhere else quite quickly, I think that's where we could see some people like Neves and Traore potentially following him. Um, but it's all speculation. I don't like to read into transfer rumours that much because I think until it's happened, 
Jimenez has been going since he arrived at the club. So until <laughs> until they're actually on their bike, I'm like, I'm like, just don't read into it. Just mm. you know, it's all just rumours, isn't it? So we'll just see what happens. It's going to be an interesting one for sure. Folks um, have surprised us many times, haven't they? Um, uh, with their last minute reveals, where you know we just didn't have a clue. Um, well, look at the manager going; nobody had a clue about that. You know, so they do keep their. I'm sure Tim said before how you know the contacts at the club that maybe people like Tim used to have under the this ownership is um, maybe a little bit harder to you know get get the inside knowledge. Mm-hmm. A couple of um, other quick things to uh, just ask you about, Tim. Um, Ike Norrie, I've been really impressed with him in his second stint since Johnny Otto got injured. Um, you know, your thoughts on keeping him? Because I think he's, he's still very young and he's shown enough for me. Um, Morgan Gibbs-White, I think a lot, of, a lot of us were writing him off, you know, with various different things. I think the performances that he's put in the last three or four games has really changed my opinion and probably a lot of people's opinion. If they're playing in that position in the hole, it seems to me that he's still got that ability that we've already sought. And obviously he's a homegrown lad. Uh, he's growing up a bit. And of course, there's a lot of speculation. We thought that John Ruddy was going out the door. I think Nuno played him as a thank you um, in that last but one game. But it looks as if he's closing in on potentially signing uh, a new deal now is that because we think Rui Patricia might be going and if he does would he be number one keeper or still as a backup I know there's three there but I'll just throw them at you <laughs> um, okay I'll take them in order then so eight Nori um, looked to me to you know when he came in you know made his scoring debut against Crystal Palace uh, looked a uh, very accomplished player and has continued to look very accomplished going forwards uh, I do think um, he's still learning the game. I think he's a work in progress, particularly with his um, his the, the defensive side of his game. Uh, he has been uh, he has come up short several times, and he's he's cost the odd goal. I think with the, with his um, his errors, his, his, his positioning. So um, uh, he's somebody you know. I, I think in terms of a permanent move. You've got to take that into account. Um, uh, for me, ultimately, that the, the whole player is he, he's, he's a little bit similar to Ruben Vinagra in that um, very good going forwards, but but uh, suspect defensively. Uh, now he has improved. I do think he's got really good quality. Probably more more quality on the ball actually than than Vinagra. Um, and I, th- I think Vinagra. I think Nuno sort of ran out of patience with Vinagra in the end. Um, I think Nori, I think he 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 sees the potential. Certainly saw the potential to to make it a permanent deal, um, but of course that that call now is you know rests with the will rest with the new head coach, uh, you know, and, and he'll decide you know whether um, Nori you know is, is good for me. I, I don't know. The jury's still out. Um, you know, there are, there are other players. I've got firmer opinions as to whether they should go. Than, uh, than Nate Nori. Um, I'm, pro- I'm probably, um, I'm all for giving people second chances. So I, I'd, I'd probably, I'd probably say, you know, let's sign him on a permanent deal. Bear in mind he's only 2021, 20, and you are buying potential. Uh, and he is, he is, uh, you know, his quality on the ball, uh, but with a, uh, a caveat, you know, to work extremely hard on, on the defensive side of his game. 
uh, especially if if Wolves is a player four, because he he won't be he'll be more exposed uh, in a four than than you know he won't have a, a Willy Bolly behind him. Um, so uh, so yeah, I'd, I'd probably say sign him. Um, uh, do, 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 do. Was Gibbs White? Sorry, was Gibbs White the uh, the, the last one you said? Yeah, Gibbs White and John Ruddy. Sorry, yeah, uh, Ruddy. Um, with with Ruddy, I mean, I, I don't know that British show is definitely going to go, so I can't say that uh, that Ruddy um, is about to sign a new deal because Patricio is going to go. Uh, yes, I did expect Ruddy to have gone this summer, so I am surprised that he's uh, he's got the character of this new deal. Um, but if he signs, I, I, I personally would be delighted. I think he's a, he I think he's, he's, he's a brilliant goalkeeper, very different goalkeeper to to Patricio. Um, but I, I miss those um, low trajectory exit uh, goal kicks that he produced in the championship that set so many attacks in in motion. Um, and what a, what a what a professional to to have, you know, he's, he's, he's had to be patient. So I, I'd, I'd welcome him staying. Um, but also, I'd, I'd love Patricio to, uh, to to be staying as well. Um, uh, Gibbs White for me, I, it, it's it's maybe um, not always fair to make comparisons, but I am going to make one because um, you know he's in the public arena and and he came through the same uh, England under seventeen World Cup winning team as this guy. But when you look at how how Phil Foden has kicked on, um, I personally don't think. We've seen anywhere near the same consistency or um, ability that uh, from Gibbs White to to have kicked on at the same. Do you think level. that's application more than anything else and distractions off the field? Um, it could be. It could be. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't deny it's very. Um, it must be very difficult for the young lads, which suddenly, you know, thrown. Um, you know, lucrative contracts and um, to, to 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 kind of not be distracted and, and, and to keep your eye on the ball. Uh, I do know he's got a very strong uh, family unit behind him. He's very well um, looked after. Uh, I did think he, he should have gone on loan possibly sooner. I do think the Swansea experience has, has helped him. Um, I was perhaps a little bit surprised at times by the amount of patience that that Nuno showed him, but but Nuno was was unequivocal. Nuno's by and large very loyal to to players, and I think was very loyal. Always stuck by uh, Morgan Gibbs White, and I think uh, by the end, I think Gibbs White was repaying that, you know, with, with some sort of form. Um, I always thought Gibbs White has got a lot of uh, potential, but I don't think we always saw it. And and I thought the reason, part of the reason for that was uh, he. Perhaps, and maybe even the management and the coaching team didn't know his best position, and that still might be the case. Uh, I think we saw flickers of it as, the, as a kind of number ten, but I've seen him play, you know, quite a few positions now for Wolves, from right back, defensive midfield, central midfield, um, attacking midfield. Uh, he's played wide right of a three up front as well. Um, I th- so I think he's shown he can be versatile, but I think sooner or later he does need to. Kind of set, you know, like we've seen Foden coming in off, off um, kind of, um, you know, wide right onto his left foot. I think, I think Gibbs White needs to kind of nail down a position for himself. I think physically he's, he's really, he's really come on. Although he, he can, he, he needs to be stronger on the ball. But I think he needs to, 
like a lot of young players, he needs to start making the right decisions. So what I mean by that is, you know, he sometimes uh, delays making a pass or a cross when, when he should deliver earlier. I think he holds the play up sometimes, trying to maybe be a bit fancy and trying to beat a man when a pass would be, you know, would, would suffice. But again, these are all lessons that young players, um, well, they learn or they don't learn. And if they don't learn, they, they fall by the wayside. I'm not saying that's the case with Gibbs White, but um, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd like to, I, you know, I love seeing homegrown players uh, coming through the ranks and, and I'd, I'd love him to make it, but it, it does need to, you know, he really, at, at the age he is now, it, 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 he needs to have um, a good, consistent season, I think. I think, yeah, I think you make a good point. I think and we'll come on to the new manager and that might give him another fresh start as well. Um, just want to move on quickly uh, now because there's a couple of people. Nag has basically on Twitter said, with Wolves women securing promotion, what next for them? And there's also uh, Jess Deakin, who's an aspiring um, young uh, female footballer who wants to get into the Wolves team, uh, women's team. Thoughts on the uh, the Wolves women promotion? Manny, um I'll, I'll come on to you first on this one because yeah. you, you're going tomorrow night to uh, uh, to actually see the the Wolves women and you're yes. taking uh, some celebrationary samosas ahead of samosas. Yeah, after. it was really nice of Dan to invite. I think um, a lot of the fans who did go to a lot of the the women's matches in the last couple of years they um, amazingly sent out some invites to all those fans and um, I think there'll be about 400 of us all together um, who. You know, I ain't going to be charged or anything. So I'm uh, uh, really privileged and um, uh, honoured to be invited to go and see uh, an unbelievable... We just talked about Nuno. Dan McNamara is another really impressive bloke, honestly. He he talks really well. His team talks. His, the inspiration he gives to his team. His team just run through brick walls. They basically ran away with the league two seasons in a row. And had a great um, run this year in the FA then, Yeah, and then, unfortunately, because it's a, a junior league in, in the pyramid still, you know, it just gets cast aside with COVID. Um, but thankfully, they've um, applied and they've been promoted and they're going to the next level because we've seen in the FA Cup run, they beat many of the teams even in the next level. So, a brilliant occasion and he's asked for some samosas, so we're, we're cooking. Um, I shouldn't be doing this podcast. I'm supposed to be out there cooking. We've got, got a big team behind oh, you. No. I'll get told off when I get back there. So, you know, um, brilliant achievement. And uh, it was interesting to uh, listen to Jeff Shee on his second or third Ask Wolves yeah. talk about Wolves women. And it, it is pretty, let's be honest, it's pretty low on the agenda as the, you know, the you look at Chelsea or Man City who've, made their teams and bought uh, professional players from other countries in to to suddenly exalt themselves in the women's game. I don't think Wolves are going to be doing that. But they did say that they wanted equal opportunities from grassroots for uh, boys and girls to join in with all their soccer schools and all their coaching and all their underage groups. So that's good news and hopefully that will produce not just players for Wolves women, but just women get, getting women to play football more and um, girls to play football more and join other teams. And one day, hopefully, you know, we, we will have a quite a professional setup right at the top. But I don't think in the list of agenda on Jeff's uh, list of things to do, 
unfortunately it's not it's not right up there it didn't seem from what he was he was talking about um uh, so i think we've wolves women are a little bit behind the times in that but um uh, it'll be really interesting to see how they go next season um in a higher league and and, and fantastic achievement well they they have got good infrastructure and amy as a, a female wolves fan um, you absolutely know your stuff and you follow Wolf home and away long time and your dad obviously if you ever hear a dad Wolf he can tell you some stories I tell you um, from your perspective as well how do you see like the support that Wolves have been giving um, you know the, the, the Wolves women team and the fact that they're very much investing as Jeff said on his uh, thing about giving girls young girls the same opportunities as young lads in the academy yeah, I think it's really important and I think it's the way that, you know, quite rightfully, the the sport is going. I think I I never played football myself. Um, however, my sister played football too. Um, she, was, she was quite good, but I don't think when she was obviously at the age of, you know, when you at grassroots, when you're young, it was ever a recognised thing really for girls to be playing football. I think it was just... She just played, she just mucked in with the lads, but she was always the only girl in the team. It was never, there was girls' teams for her to play in, which is obviously always going to hinder someone at that level, reaching their full potential, because you're not surrounded by, you know, never, there's never going to be mixed teams because it's, you know, human body. It's never going to, it's never fair for there to be mixed teams, is there, at that type of level? So I think the focus, especially within the city, I went to an all-girls school in Wolverhampton. Um, so I know that now, football there would be a lot more on the agenda I think and I think the club's probably got a lot to do with that so I think it's a really positive step forward I think the fact that the way that it's spoken about within sport now like I was listening to a podcast earlier and they referred to Gareth Southgate as the men England men's coach whereas previously it had been the England coach which I think all of these things are just really helping to elevate the women's game Um, and I think it's really good that right it might be on the agenda low down on the agenda but if we were talking about this even five years ago it wouldn't even be on the agenda mm-hmm. so i think the fact that it's starting to get there is just a really positive step forward and what dan mcmar has done with the, the team and the girls and they've always been hit hard by covid because of the league that they are in and that they've had that recognition of getting promoted and you know quite rightly deserved it's really positive for the women's game but also Wolves women as a football club so I think it, it's really exciting and hopefully you know it'd be I still can't kick a football myself but I'm um, obviously I, very... I, I did invite her to the uh to the football <laughs> game with me and Manny played him <laughs> I but you did play bubble football on your hand but that's where you I mean, yeah and that's where I injured myself so that might sum up my uh <laughs> sum up my football prowess I just left it to my sister when I was younger but um but no, it's um it's really positive to see. And I think the the way that Wolves women are spoken about on like the Wolves Instagram and all of that media, it, it just helps, doesn't it? It helps live. Have you got a little bit of insight into the Wolves women? I don't know if you've had much involvement or talking or following it yourself, but it'd be interesting to hear a little bit on your insight on that if there is any. I want to have uh, I, I wholly you know happy to admit I haven't got an insight on the, on the way I watched their um, their progress and, and um, I'm delighted you know to, to see the, the recent news that they've been um, promoted to the third tier at long last um, you know belatedly um, I um, 
I know that Dan McNamara is, you know, very well uh, respected uh, by not just uh, supporters, but I think, you know, in, in, in the women's game and by the players as well. Um, and, um, you know, the, the fact that they've had so many positive results against higher placed teams in the FA Cup, I think, all as well. Uh, I think it's going to be great that uh, they're playing Albion uh, women next season. Local is going to be good. But I think there's a there's a bigger picture here, and I think um, it's like it's like um, you know other issues in society. You have to give things time to kind of ease their way into people's consciousness, and things like this, just us talking about it, it is all it, everything helps. Yeah. Um, you know, things take time. Things take take years. I, I I covered a women's international. I remember at Telford more than I think it was 1999, so more than 20 years ago, um, and. Uh, you know, we've, we've come a long way in that time. For example, it would have been unheard of for um, England women internationals or, or former, you know, high-profile women players to have been um, summarisers, pundits, commentators on high-profile shows like Match of the Day. Now, having met people like Alex Scott and Karen Carney, I can tell you that they are, uh, in my opinion, um, at least as um, articulate, intelligent, uh, have the knowledge of the game as some of our top uh, men, um, and uh, you know I've seen instances where they've they've actually knocked spots off them, and I I, I won't uh, I won't embarrass the, the men concerned. But having been in press boxes, I've seen the research that that women do, and they 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 just they just know they just get it, you know they know it and they can describe it. Um, they they re and they they and maybe because they're women, they feel that they've had to work harder to get those opportunities. Um, but they they've proved themselves as as equal, if not better, than their male counterparts. And I've seen it because I've seen it with my own eyes. Um, I remember being at um, at Villa Park earlier this season, uh, and uh, there was a, a group of um, uh, TV or radio um, summarisers behind me. One of which was a, a well-known woman international with a well-known uh, uh, male. Uh, former player who, who you would all know, um, and it was very much the uh, the woman pundit former player who was taking the lead and suggesting to the producer you might want to have a look at this tackle, this move, uh, how it evolved, and basically she to to, to me um, it, it, it appeared as if she was very much taking taking the lead, um, and and I I've also um, I've I've spoken to. Uh, uh, to Karen Carney at, at length. I've interviewed her before. Um, you know, she really knows her stuff. And uh, I, I do think that getting women into the highest profile um, access points in the game, such as our, our top TV shows, um, getting them all under one roof at St George's, for example, so putting them on a par with the men as much as possible can only help. Um, and, you know, seeing the Women's Premier League on, uh, uh, you know, after match of the day on a Saturday night, for example, these are all these are all little building blocks, but all things that will help in the you know in the long run to, to really push uh, the women's because women, girls who want to play football, they want to aspire to, to be someone, not necessarily the next um, well, you know, Wayne Rooney or anything. They they want to they want to be. Got a girl on here like Jess Jess Deakin who just put that comment on there. Or I've read it out. She's mm -hmm. exactly one of those girls that you refer to right there, Tim. Well, I think, you know, we all, um, 
we all aspire to 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 to, to be the best that, that we can, and we all want to see. Uh, we all have heroes that we want to emulate. Now, I, I'm not a girl or a woman, so I, I you know, I, I can only guess at this, but I, I can only assume that top women uh, footballers, girls, you know, start playing the same as we did. You know, kicking the ball around the street or, or garden or park or whatever, and and they've got you know women who they. Um, they didn't. They probably didn't have them because they didn't have women uh, footballer role models because women weren't given the platform and the profile that they have now. I really hope now that that um, girls growing up kicking a ball around can actually, you know, um, aspire to be an Alex Scott or a Karen Carney, and not just because of their ability behind the microphone, but their ability with the football. And, and you know what, as well, we should have more women in the VAR room as well because they'll probably get more decisions right and a lot quicker too on top. <laughs> got to be Absolutely, honest. Yeah. I, was ama- I was amazed uh, to hear the other week that I honestly thought we were past this stage, but that um, a woman refereed a game for the first time. It was in League Two. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And I, I assumed that, that that had happened long before. Yeah. No, it's, um, yeah, it's um, hopefully it's changing, and I think like just speaking as grown up as a female fan, not to dwell on it on it a lot, but you always get questioned as to why you're a football fan, and I think that for me is something that I've grown up with, and you know you say even at work they're like, oh, Amy really likes football, and like people people question you on it almost, and you always have mm-hmm. to kind of prove, you know, I've been going to the Wolves matches since I was four years old, so. It's and that that to me is just as a fan needs to change. So Absolutely, in terms yeah. of like the game and playing, that definitely needs to change. But hopefully, you know, it's it's good that people like Alex Scott are just getting because she's presenting football focus, I think, from next year, yeah. isn't she? So yeah. I think Brilliant it's just yeah. really positive step changes and she knows stuff as well. So you can't you can't argue. She's probably the, the one of the best pundits um out there she's absolutely brilliant i, I really I, I really i think she's she's exceptional and one of the reasons as well tim why i was fortunate enough to uh persuade amy to uh, make many appearances on the channel <laughs> and be the co-host because it is really good to get uh, a female voice uh, that knows her stuff properly you know as she says she's been supporting wolves over and away all her life run through her veins to be able to get that female voice and opinion on there as well. I think it's really good that we've managed to touch on the Wolves women. And I say from uh, from everyone on the podcast here and, uh, you know, on the channel, and I know from everyone that's watching or listening, we do say absolutely brilliant, well overdue. They've been brilliant the last two seasons. Congratulations on the promotion. And may they go from strength to strength. Now, we need to move on now to look into the future. Um and that is the the next head coach. Um, it appears that it is going to be Bruno Large or Largu or Lager. We'll, you know, we're having the pronunciation. I mean, it's probably going to be Lager, isn't it? Considering the water. What I'll Jackson, be the so. <laughs> Tim, do you think that's like pretty much ninety nine percent done deal? And and if so, when do you expect him to be announced? Um, will it be with the backroom team? And what sort of football can we see? Uh, from, from what I understand, I think me and Manny have talked about this as well. He's quite attacking and likes the 4-4-2. Uh, yeah, well, to, to take your questions in order, I, I, I do expect uh, Bruno Larger to, to be announced um, as the next Wolves head coach. 
Um, I don't know when. Uh, I would imagine in the next few days. Um, you know, you don't go to pursue a work permit for for somebody without there being a real intent um, to uh, to appoint him. Um, I do think there's things to be sorted out with his backroom staff, and that will all uh, have to fall into place. Uh, but, th but these things do tend to uh, to happen. Um, so uh, you know, I'm confident that, that you know Wolves will will get their man uh, and, and and his staff. Um, I know Nuno had a had a sizable backroom staff, and they're all you know in the, in the process of, uh, of of leaving of leaving the club. Um, I think uh, it will be, um, and indeed for any Wolves fans, uh, I, I wish uh, you know there'd been a lot of uh, people who would have looked him up already. Um, he has got a reputation for uh, having a, an attacking style of football. He does like four four two. He won fifty out of seventy four games, sixty eight percent win ratio in charge of Benfica. Um, uh, he's got a pedigree, having led them to a title. Um, you know, okay, Benfica, one of the three biggest clubs in, in Portugal. You've still got to uh, got to win those. Uh, like Nuno, he had a um, bit of an inauspicious ending to his his eighteen months uh, in charge of, of Benfica. Um, but uh, I, I would say that you could, you know, if you picked any candidate, you would find some flaws with them some somewhere. Um, what I would um, uh, what I would say is that, you know, Wolves fans have got to be patient. They've got to give him a chance. Um, you know, uh, unlike, I think it's probably a unique situation um, in that, you know, I'm not sure Wolves fans, you know, they're probably all, always uh, wanted, not wanted to get rid of a, a manager, but they've they've been, you know, they've, they've been happy to, um, you know, there's been a reason why Wolves have lost managers in the past. And it's not because... You know they've gone on to better things um, in in virtually all cases. Um, with Nuno, you know, um, I think you know he had the support of all, all the Wolves fans and uh, or the, the vast vast majority of them, and uh, very few wanted him to leave. So I think that will create a pressure for his successor. In that you know he's going to have to hit the ground running probably, um, and might it might mean that. You know, fans uh, are less patient, but I, I would, you know, my message, um, not that they should listen to me, but uh, I think fans should be patient, you know, because he's got a lot of work to do. You know, he's got to impose a style of play uh, along with the, you know, management of players in, players out, deciding who he wants to keep, who he wants to bring in. Um, he hasn't managed in the Premier League before. He does know the English game, having been number two at uh, at Sheffield Wednesday, which I think will stand him in good stead. Um, so, you know, it's a big learning curve for, for him. Um, but, you know, let's, um, let's, let's give him a chance um, and, uh, you know, wish him all the best and um, let's see what he can do. He will be backed, I'm sure. Fosun have, have backed all the managers spectacularly, in my opinion, you know, with the, um, with, with the funds and, uh, you know, I'm sure Bruno will be as well. And yeah. that's, that's go on, Manny. You were gonna, I'm gonna come to you. you were yeah, you know, I was just um, adding. You know, not very rarely do you have a really good, likable manager be replaced, and then you get a successful one straight away. So I agree, it's a huge challenge for him. Sometimes you do go through one or two people before you find the right 
balance again. So um, uh, it's a very uncertain period. But if you look at his record, his last 48 games just in the league, he won 38 and only lost five. His mm -hmm. last 10 games, he only lost four of them. And he scored an incredible 133 goals in 48 games. For a Wolves fan, that's like pretty mouthwatering <laughs> because we were, we were so abject um, going forward and scoring goals. But uh, the question for me is, players in, we've just talked about Vitinha, Aitner yeah. or Gibbs-White. At the end of the day, it all depends on this guy. He's going to come. He's got the hot seat. Does he fancy those players or has he got some of his old Benfica players or other people? It's been very heavily rumoured that his brother, Luis Nascimento, will be joining him as the assistant manager um, tonight. Yeah, uh, which is apparently Bruno's second name is Nascimento as well. They're just known him as larger, mm -hmm. apparently. But um, just to, uh, just to mix things up a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> mix things up. Yeah, so, um, uh, but we, like Tim says, we've got to back him. We've got to give it. There's lots of exciting bits to him. The Sheffield Wednesday one can be negative. People think, oh, he's been in the championship. Is he good enough? Well, I think that's a positive thing that he's been in England. You know, it's not a bad level championship. Nuno was there. It's a elite league, isn't it? Championship's a tough league. <laughs> tough league, but he's, he's got a grounding into the English way of living and being here. That's a big thing for any mm. foreign manager. So he's got that grounding. It's really important, I think. But it will be the who he's allowed to bring in, what thoughts he has. Will the, our players fit in with his style? Remember, Nuno predominantly played his own way with five or a three at the back and tried to change it. Never really worked. Did he have the right players to do that? This guy clearly plays a four, four, two or a four, two, one, what if, you know, four at the back. So it'll be really interesting, uncertain, but we've got to get behind him. We've got to give him the funds. We've got to give him the tools and, and I hope it's not weird in the bottom eight you know, in October, and then we press the panic button because you can just get into a spiral then of changing managers, new backroom staff, players getting unsettled again, and suddenly you can get relegated. So we've got to give him time and we've got to really back him. Do you know what, as well? I think when he comes in, when he does come in, the likes of Traore and Neto and all the attacking pedants and stuff like that, they, they might think, well, I, this guy's going to play to my strengths. Wolves have been still linked with the likes of uh, Polina, uh, Tim, and also Valencia, apparently, Spectre's uh, Goncalo Guedes. Um, he's been linked. We've also, obviously, been mentioned, Tammy Haybrand's been mentioned. Benfica, apparently, have opened talk with Wolves over a potential deal for Venegra, which could see uh, Carlos Viniculus head tomorrow to Molly in a, in a, in a swap deal. Um, I mean, you, you know, have you got any sort of insights or any little rumours from your contacts about any of these players? Well, I think it's, it's, it, it'll all become clear, you know, when, um, when the new man's appointed, uh, you know, it, it'll, you know, some of it will be rumours, some of it, you know, you, you have to um, remember that, um, you know, certain agents will be pushing players. Uh, because it's in their interest, you know, uh, maybe things haven't worked out in, at, at certain clubs and they're pushing them for for uh, for moves. And knowing that Wolves, um, you know, have um, have got so many foreign players and are so willing to recruit foreign players, I think will 
will mean that they will always be linked. Uh, you know, it's a sensible link um, for uh, for these players, but also you know, um, uh, Bruno will. Uh, you know, he's got. Uh, he will know the Benfica setup. He'll know the Benfica squad from when he uh, from when he was um, head coach there very well. So to me, it wouldn't. Uh, again, it's it's a sensible. It wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me to to see. Um, you know, players uh, linked from from there. That that would uh, that would make sense. Um, and I also I, I think it. Uh, you know, he might have to um, wheel and deal a little bit in the transfer market. I think funds will be there, but I think he's got to. Um, you know, he might. Uh, th- th- we might have to see uh, movement out to get to, to get some uh, movement in. Um, just, uh, I don't know this for certain, but just regarding his appointment or the date of his appointment, um, Portugal, I believe, has gone into the um, the amber. So if he's appointed after June the 8th, um, so middle of next week, he'll have to quarantine for 10 days. But now that's, that sounds, you know, why would you want to do that? But whether... He's actually whether he actually needs to be in England uh, at this point, I don't know. So I just thought I'd throw that in there. So I don't I don't know how um, important that is. I.e., Wolves wouldn't want to appoint him to then quarantine for ten days. But um, you know, does he need to be in England at the moment or next from next week? I'm not sure. He I'm not sure he does anyway. So um, yeah. They'll probably be able to communicate with him in in terms of ideas and all the different things and the, what he needs and stuff. But training won't start until obviously July. So you know whether or not he has to come in sort of like mid June and then do his quarantine period, depending on what's happening. I mean that's that will be interesting, interesting to see. Um, there's a, one question here from Sandhurst Wolves it says um, for Tim. This is on Twitter. Is it more Mendes signers, or will the Wolf Squads have to buy more, have more say this summer over who we will buy? Well, I think um, that you know that George Mendes has proved over the last four years just how important he is to Wolves. Um, you know, both in, in terms of um, managerial uh, and you know managerial appointments and player signings. So uh, um, while he's not on the on the, on the staff. Um, you know, he has got a bulging contacts book, um, you know, arguably one with, with some of the most, some of the best and high profile players in the world. So uh, I think Wolves would be foolish to to ignore that. Um, and that's why we will continue to see, um, you know, Portuguese players especially, but foreign players largely linked with, with Wolves and indeed signing for Wolves. Uh, and um, if 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 it brings results like largely the last four years, I, I've certainly got no no problem with that at all. No, that's cool. And we're gonna obviously we've got the, we're into kind of the last ten minutes uh, now. So let's just um, look ahead. We'll go to you first, then Manny, uh, yep. then you to, to to finish him. Where do we want to be strengthening uh, this season? And if uh, Amy, what positions? And would you be happy with Cody playing in the back four, or do you think he could move a little bit in front of the back four? What's your thoughts? I, I think, I think you know, it's quite clear. I think we've 
play Dendon, Kasais and Cody all naturally were midfield players when they signed for the club and converted into back three players. And and really, you know, Willie Bowley and Max Kilman are probably the only two out-and-out centre-halves who've got in a 4-4-2 type situation. I think Cody can still play there, but he'll probably need a very high-quality centre-half next to him. You know, so it's quite interesting for Connor because let's not... We just talked about how important Nuno was. On the field, Connor Cody is really important. Um, the unity and the togetherness of the, of the playing squad... Um, he's he's a, just a natural natural leader, and you can't look past that. I mean, look at England. You know, he hasn't really put a, a foot wrong every time he's represented England. Gareth Southgate, I'm sure, is probably like a big weight off his shoulder in terms of dressing room management, having somebody like him, you know, um, in and around the camp. So he could really be vital to us, whether he fits in with Bruno's plans is another thing. So I think we, we need to strengthen the centre of midfield, whether that's Vitinha and somebody else to replace Matinho, who's, you know, even if he does stay, he we, we saw quite a bit of evidence of, uh, you know, quite a heavy leggedness and, and maybe running out of steam in some games and not being able to get around the pitch. And then... For me, up front as well, Raul is a, a still an unknown. We hope he comes back. We hope he is strong and fit. But if there's a, a ball being flashed, you know, three yards, uh, three feet off the floor across him, and he's got to, you know, die for a header and the centre-half's boots there, you know, mentally, that's a big thing big for somebody step. who's gone through the injuries he has. So I still think we need to, to because William Jose is coming... <laughs> you know, and really hasn't really he, he sort of just filled a hole, but didn't really produce too much for us. So I, I would expect a centre midfield, centre half, and a centre forward. The the spine of the team, obviously, depending on who we sell, Adama Traore. If he goes, then you'd expect some sort of wide player to come in. Probably not for the same fee as we'd probably pay or receive for Adama. And um, uh, again, Patricio. I, I like Roddy, but I still see him as a backup. And I still think if Patricio did go, we'd be in the market for another goalkeeper. So there's a there's big, big decisions to be made if players go. If players stay, it might only be three or four key central areas for me that we need to strengthen. And getting Johnny back, Raul back, you know, Neto back, Pedence fit again are going to be like new signings for us as well. Brilliant. Um, some really good points there, Manny. And Amy, over to you. From your perspective, what uh, what are you looking for? I think pretty similar, really. I think it feels, uh, not to dwell on Nuno leaving, but I think you feel a bit differently. You think that things could change probably a lot more than potentially they would have if Nuno had stayed. I think we were all quite clear where Nuno wanted to strengthen the squad and it was his squad, but you feel like there could be a bit more movement with a new manager coming in. Um, and potentially, you know, you don't know what the situation is in. If they want to buy players, then probably going to have to sell players like we've touched on already. So I think, yeah, definitely defence is something. I think um, to Manny's point, you'd feel a bit more comfortable if there's out-and-out kind of send defenders that were part of that line alongside Willie Bolly um, and potentially Max Kilman if he stays. Um, I think 
Bitinia is a must stay for me um, within that centre mid role. Um, I think from what I've seen on to Tim's point earlier, I was really impressed with Bitinia. It's a shame that he didn't get more game time. I think some of the movement on on the ball that he did was just fantastic. Um, and then you know going forward, the the stats speak for themselves in terms of the lack of goals. So there needs to be some strength in there. So basically every area of the pitch pretty much needs to, needs a little, little bit of thought and a little bit of attention, but what do I know, eh? Um, so, so, but it's, you know, it's, it, you know, we did, I didn't think we'd be in the position of doing this end season podcast and be talking of Nuno going, etc. So you need to just, but I'm trying to put that to one side and just think that this is a new chapter and you've got to try and get excited about it um, put the emotions behind and just look forward into hopefully what will be um, a good season. I think it's going to be, I don't think we're going to set the world on fire, if I'm honest with you. I think it's going to be a bit of a settling, uncertain season, hopefully not a relegation battle. But I don't think, I would be surprised if we finished any higher than 10th. That's my early prediction without knowing anything that's going to happen. So that's my blindsided prediction. So you can quote me that on that this time next year. We will do, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> but if we win the league, then I'm not going to say no. Exactly. <laughs> Tim, um, same straight at you, mate. Uh, you'll give us your thoughts. I know we're in a, we do not know not where we are. We're uncertain times at the moment. We're just about to enter the Euros and, uh, and everything like that. And we will finish off with everyone's last minute of uh, predictions on the Euros. But for you, uh, where, where do you think Wolves will strengthen? And obviously your thoughts on Connor, if he does go to a back four, because don't forget, we haven't mentioned Bolly as well uh, so far tonight. Um, well, I, I wish I could be, but I, I don't think I'll be as brave as Amy was uh, in, uh, in pre predictions. It's just a, such a dangerous thing, aren't they? Um but I um, I agree with both Amy and uh, and Manny uh, hit the nail on the head. Um, I just I just remember that Brighton game. You know, Wolves um, tried to defend corner after corner with um, with with defenders. Okay, they didn't have Bolly. No height. Like, you know, Brighton had a series of players between six foot three and six foot seven. If you look at Dan Byrne. And Wolves yeah. are trying to defend with like five foot ten players, and um, you know. And, and and, and to me, they're just crying out for a, a commanding centre-half. Uh, you know, as Manny said, um, Leander Dendonka, Connor Cody, uh, Roman Seiss uh, are all career midfielders or started as midfielders um, and have been asked to play centre-half. Done a you know, fantastic job on the whole, but they're not, they're not the kind of defenders who are going to win the ball in the air uh, as regularly, say, as Willie Bolly. So for me, they desperately need um, a strong, commanding, tall, air, sorry, powerful, powerful uh, centre-back who's very uh, strong in the air. Um, so that, that's, that's a, a must for me. Um, you know, people talk about the spine of the team. I think, uh, you know, Giamatti, 34 Giamatinho's best days behind him, whether he stays, whether he, we don't know whether he's going to stay anyway. Um, Vatinia, if he comes in permanently, could 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 arguably fill fill that gap. But yeah, central midfield could could well be an area where Wolves need to strengthen. Um, and you know, given the, uh, the the clear lack of goals, then that's something. If, even with a fit Raúl Jiménez, that, that that that's got to be addressed. 
Uh, I totally agree with Manny as well in that we don't know, you know, how much mentally it's affected uh, Raul Jimenez. Um, now, if he's going to be the player that he was before, he's going to have to have no qualms mentally about going for uh, 50-50 aerial balls with, with defenders. Uh, now, only he he will be able to answer that. And, um, you know, unless he, he, you know, he he is at that point where he has no qualms about going for those balls, then um, he, he won't be the same player because, uh, you know, he was very strong in the air. That was a big part of his game. He was a, 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 an excellent target man, in my opinion. Um, so there's, there's clearly questions that have been uh, that, that, that have got to be answered there. Whether um, whatever happens with, with Raul, I think you know Wolves need more um, uh, strength up front, uh, need more goals. Uh, and I'm sorry, Willian Jose, he's not the answer. Um, didn't didn't do anywhere near enough for me to uh, to have engineered a permanent move to Modern Year. I have to I have to agree with uh, with that in terms of I mean he's a nice chap I think he did a job when he came in holding the ball up but he, he just I'd be very very surprised even at three or four million if they yeah uh, they take him now um, the, the central defence as you say we've pretty much had the same uh, defenders since the championship definitely hundred percent we need to bring someone in and if Cody is in to play that position as well probably someone I think Manny's mentioned this with a bit of pace. As well, because Cody is not the fastest. But mm. talking about Wolves captain, fantastic, making the squad for the Euros, playing in the friendly against Australia. Uh, Aust- not Australia. Australia. <laughs> Australia and <laughs> Europe, according to Dave. Austria. <laughs> Austria. Uh, last night. What are you doing? We yeah. don't concede many goals, to be fair. Um, let's just finish off. Uh, let's go around the table. Um, yeah. Starting with you, Manny. Uh, yeah. How far are England are going to go? Well, I've had, I've had the dream. And the dream well, the dream was Harry Kane scores a last-minute goal in the semi-final, but in doing so, pulls his hamstring. So, in the final, unfortunately, Conor Cody has to captain in the final. And oh, the would you imagine? So, there you go. There's my dream. I think, you know, England, I still think they struggle sometimes with their tactics and... You know, we never see... How many times do we see a first eleven England? We very rarely see it in the friendlies. But if you look at the talent again, I remember the golden generation of the, you know, the late 90s, the Skulls, the Beckham, the Owen, the, you know, with Shearer, all those players. And you look at it now with Grealish, Foden, Mount, three world-class players in that same position. And then you got the Rashfords and Sterlings and Sanchos and Canes. It's ridiculous the amount of talent England have got. And if they don't achieve something with that, I'll be really disappointed. But favourites for me are France or Portugal. But we've got a chance, man. We've got a chance. Portugal, are missing, Portugal missing both Jota and, uh, and Neto. Jota's not with them, is he? He's not gone. No, yeah, he's not, no. but he's still got a lot of class. I mean, yeah. is old, but he, you know, in a tournament like that, I'm sure he'll want to. What prediction? On a semi-final, final. Oh no, we've won it. I've just told you. Kind of Cody's going to lift the Euro trophy and bring it and the parade will be in Wolverhampton at West Brom. Instead of Nuno, <laughs> had a dream. It'll be Manny had a dream. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Amy, down to you. Mm, I don't know. I don't like. You know me. I know I just predicted less seasons saying that don't, but I don't. I hate predictions like saying saying they finish won't finish tenth. That's just because I want to be proven wrong. I mean, 
there's a tough group stage for England. Oh, I think Croatia, we played in the semi-finals of the FA, uh, the, the, not the FA, got the World Cup a couple of years ago. I think Croatia are difficult, Czech Republic are difficult, and Scotland are going to be all for that game. So I don't yeah. think we should underestimate Scotland. And I'm part Scottish as well. I've got more Scotland shirts they than England shirts. They last um, night in Scotland with, the, with Holland. So, I mean, let's go semis. But I will be... We've done get... that before, Amy. We've done the semis. We're going past that. Come on. Okay. Well, prove me wrong, England. <laughs> um, Adrian's saying try the reverse psychology, Amy. <laughs> uh, Tim, for you, your thoughts? Uh, I'd, I'd, I'd love us to, to win it. I, I, I would dearly love us to win it. And I think we... Um, I think we had a good world, a very good World Cup. Actually, getting to the uh, getting to the semi final. So if we if we could uh, go one stage uh, better and get to the final, then um, you know uh, that would be that would be fantastic. Um, it's about time we uh, um, you know did well uh, in in the Euros again. Um, I didn't I didn't mention Conor Cody before. I do think he's done extremely well for England. Um, he had to wait a long time for for his chance. Uh, has not let anybody down at all, um, and, and 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 is a is a captain, is a leader. Whether it be you know for Wolves or or for England, in my opinion, uh, he's somebody who's made um, the very best of himself and his and his ability. And I think he's a he's a fantastic example to any young footballer, aspiring young player, as to what you should do, how you should live your life. Um, and uh, and also shown himself to be a natural leader in whatever company. Uh, so I, I'd love him to go on and have a successful Eng England career like he has with uh, with Wolves. Um, yeah, I mean, I I, uh, I wish I had uh, Manny's um, optimism in terms of where England are, are going to go. I just what think I just think we, we we have a problem in this country in that we um, we always get so enthusiastic about our chances because we only really know. As, as fans about our own players and we think our players are the best and that's clearly not, not always the case yeah. um, I do think we have got um, at least one world class player Harry Kane for me is world class yeah. uh, I think Foden could become world class but I think we might have the ace up our, our sleeve and Wolves fans won't thank me for saying it but I just love, I love watching really? Jack Grealish play. Yeah. Grealish has got something that no other. Oh, he's, you take him playing for Wolves. Like you hate to play. Oh, he's one of those yes. players you hate hate playing against him, but you take him playing for Wolves. <laughs> what a what a player! And he, he's got something that no other team seemed to have in that. Um, he, he can carry that the ball sixty or seventy yards. That's that Gascoigne type thing, hasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he is, he is a tremendous. Every time he played for England, he's been the best player on the pitch every yeah. time. Basically. And uh, as um, I don't always agree with Roy Keane, but listening to his analysis of Grealish last night, yeah. he always affects games. Like the one criticism of of Grealish, um, you know, going back two or three years was that he, he didn't have an end product. You know, he'd, he'd maybe lose the ball or he'd overplay it or he'd try to be a bit too fancy, but. Um, you look at the, the effect that he, he always, every time he gets the ball, he, mm. he looks forward, he makes something happen, he makes a forward pass, he creates a chance, or he scores a goal. Grealish, Grealish terrifies defenders uh, and he, he always makes things happen. And he's, um, he's got this stage. He, he just, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't bother him. So many players fail on the big stage, but I think Jack has got it. Jack can own that stage for me. And he could be the ace of our sleeve. 
So what, what, how far are we going, Tim? You're sorry? How far are we going? Oh, God. Uh, I, I'm useless at predictions. So, uh, you and Amy say, don't like making all uh, that. Come on, Tim. I might as well I say we'll both go to the first stage and then, and then we'll probably go and win it, you see. Because so. <laughs> I am useless at predictions. So, uh, I don't know. Um, let's get to the semis and see where we can go. <laughs> see where we can go. Uh, well, that's fair enough. Uh, for me... I think I agree with what everyone said. I don't like particularly making predictions. And I, when it comes to England or Wood thing, I'm always eternally hopeful. Um, I think what happens is if we get out of the group, it's who we get in the next round mm. or two. Because um, in any sort of tournament, I think you've got to have a bit of luck um, at certain times. And there's bound to be, because it's England, there's probably bound to be a, a penalty shootout in the in the last 16 and if we can get past the penalty shootout as we did in the World Cup, then it kind of like maybe that just you just start to see the roots through. So I'm going to say they're going to get to the final. I'm not saying that with much confidence, but oh, I am. Come on, Dave. Come on. I, 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 do say I have won five World Cups and four Euros with England with my predictions in the past. <laughs> but there is, we do know that Manny has sent a shipment of samosas over yeah. to the England training we, camp. We have, yeah, yeah. <laughs> make the difference. Um, and we'll be playing some very nice, tidy triangles in midfield. Yeah. In midfield, yeah. <laughs> so oh, over the final and, um, and hoping. That Manny's Manny had a dream for England to win. <laughs> the day, please. We need him to, to live the Euros for us. Hey, if you want thumbs up on this video, that's <laughs> yeah, a like on the. Uh, I'll, I'll just I'll just add to my dream. Jack Grealish will score the winning goal. Connor Cody lifts the trophy, and then Wolves will reveal Jack Grealish as a Wolves player at the start of the season. There you go. <laughs> there you go. And. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't even drink, and I've come up with that prediction. I, I think we'd all have thumbs up to that, wouldn't we? <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. Now, listen, I just want to say a massive thank you to everyone that's watched um, uh, the live show. I hope you've enjoyed it. Please smash a like on the video if you enjoy uh, us doing the live uh, shows. Of course, if you're watching this back afterwards, thank you for, as well. And if you're uh, listening to it on your podcast, your Apple podcast, Spotify, or any good podcast provider, we hope that uh, we've entertained you for the last hour and a half. I just want to say a final thank you uh, to my co-host tonight, Amy Hadley. If people want to uh, connect with you on social, how can they find you? It's Amy Hads on Instagram. And Manny Kang, how people find yeah. you on social? Um, I'm on Twitter at Pedal Single, Facebook Manny Singh Kang as it's written. Smosa Saturday on Saturday as I'm well. I'm a driver. So we've had a, a busy day. We will have a busy day, but we always have fun. We'll have a, we're having a team photo as well in the back garden, aren't we? Yeah, Manny? yeah, we're using this restriction, so we're all going to get together. There's um, uh, 11 drivers, 125 deliveries, four different counties. Oh, yeah. and we've come coming very close to 30,000 samosas. When we started this, we couldn't have, uh, you know, we never even thought we'd do the first one, to be honest. And um, it's been unbelievable. The fans have just blow us away and... Um, brilliant. Thank you very much for all your support. No, it's absolutely. I'm looking forward to that uh, on Saturday. And it's for, it's for Dementia UK, this one, isn't it? Yeah, for Dementia UK. Um, we're, um, uh, very we're in the 90s now for the money raised, £90,000 wow. um, in the last three years, which again, you know, just blows me away how 
you know, how fans have really, really got behind us. Virtually all, virtually all from fans of the football club. Thank you. And finally, Tim, I want to say a massive thank you for giving up your time for us tonight. Uh, you you still do the uh, the blog, don't you? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, Wolves bite. Um, uh, posts have becoming more have become more intermittent over the last year uh, because of work commitments. But uh, I can still be contacted on uh, on Twitter uh, at Tim Nash underscore one. We're all uh, waiting for the Nash bombs to drop. We love the Nash bombs. <laughs> Are you on Instagram, Tim? Uh, I am actually, but um, I don't. I don't use it that often. Um, you uh, get so, on Instagram. It's the um, it's less toxic than Twitter. <laughs> is it? I, okay, I'll, I'll take your word for it. I know Instagram is probably more for a younger audience. That's probably why I'm not on it. But uh, uh, my daughter's on it. But um, yeah, Annie's I'm, on it. I'm on it. Amy's on it. We're all on it. It's the place yeah. to be. Trust me, Tim. Is it? Is it? Yeah. I, I can't. Yeah. I, I am on it, but I haven't. I can't. I can't remember what my. Um, my name is on there, so you know my tag is on there. But uh, so there you go. So sorry oh, Manny, do you deliver to Kent? Someone's asked me to. You know what? Yeah. We are actually thinking of going and doing a nationwide Smosa tour. So watch this space. <laughs> <laughs> and that is the third. You know, Manny's Smosa world COVID predictions are over. The world tour is called. You deliver it to everywhere to the Wolves women, Molyneux. You've okay. delivered to Nuno, Cody, and Neves. Yeah, believe it or not, the, the Nuno one was really out of the blue because obviously he left and his last match against Man United got to go there and give him the send-off and then just had the message and um, ended up um, delivering before he jetted off to Portugal. Uh, uh, um, he had some samosas as well. So, But he didn't donate. I'm waiting for the donation. Come on, Nuno, cough up. <laughs> 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 Fantastic. Well, listen, thanks again once to everyone for tuning in uh, for, the, for this amazing podcast. Tim, you've been an absolutely sensational guest. Hopefully you'll come on again uh, real soon. We really appreciate really? you giving your time uh, tonight. Thanks for the invite. Really appreciate it. And great to uh, hook up with you guys again. Um, it's always, yeah, always, a, always a pleasure. Really, uh, really enjoyed being on the show and, uh, and catching up with you again. Fantastic. Cheerio, everyone. Keep the faith. Yeah. Keep believing. Come on, England. Come on, England. Always wolves. Always wolves. Always wolves. <laughs> See you guys. It's the ninetieth minute. All your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates are already booked in for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.